Welcome to Who Owns the Stars, a podcast where two people recap and discuss every single episode of The Expanse, though today we're not recapping, we're just reacting. Today we're going to be reacting to Season 5, Episode 7, Oya Deng? Yes, we are. Um, I should say, I'm Kat and with me is Nina. It's me. But we were so blown away by this episode that we said, like, fuck format. <laughs> First thing I want to say is I know I said that last episode was the best episode of this season, but then I got shot by this episode. And not only is this, I think, one of the best because ep- I, you know, we don't know how the season ends, but not only is this one of the best episodes of the season, I think it's going to end up being one of my favorite episodes of the entire show. It's already in my top three. It's probably my top one if I, like, really think about it. (laughs) (laughs) If you forget season four, episode four. You know what? This actually rivals season four, episode four for me. Mm -hmm. But I do notice that it uses a very similar structure in that that episode had all Marco's scenes as these long, unbroken conversations where people just kind of outlined who they were what their perspectives were what they thought of things so that was exciting but in this episode it's once again long conversations of people explaining their actions and how that impacts where they are today like we see Marco and Naomi talk about their relationship and their breakup We see Naomi explaining to Philip what happened to her leading up to her leaving. Sin explaining what he thought from the outside of Marco and Naomi's relationship. It's really just laying out people's differing perspectives. Yeah, and I think, because I was wondering at some point, I felt like there were just a lot of conversations going on. But I think when you go, like when I was rewatching this, I was trying to see what each conversation wasn't saying, but was telling us and was sort of contributing to that final fucking glorious act. Uh, And so that was really interesting because each conversation changed Naomi's mind a little bit, turned her in a different way to get her to that point. And I don't even know where we should start. I mean, okay. Let me, wait, 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 I, I just want to say wait. this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 this is, this is not, I mean, this is kind of episode related. I just want to say, I have noticed a lot of people saying that this se- this season, season five, this is the first time they're really coming to appreciate Naomi as a character. They're coming to appreciate Dominique Tipper's acting. And... Go in on them, Nina. Go ahead. No, I just, I, I... Something I read that actually kind of set me off was somebody said that in season one, they felt that Dominique's acting was the weakest and they felt that Naomi's character was the weakest out of the four. And I just think you should question why that is when in season one alone, Naomi had Naomi was one of the more focused characters of the four. She had more of the interesting plots, I would argue, she moved the plot in certain ways and maybe not in season one but in season two she certainly did season three she certainly did season four you know what I mean like it's hard for me to get in the mindset of somebody who didn't see Naomi as an interesting character or Dominique as a compelling actress especially here's the thing with the acting season one I'm not looking at any individual person and being like they were a standout performance everybody was fine everybody did what they showed up to do which makes sense because it was the first season they were all still getting used to each other they were all still figuring out how to work in an ensemble show the only person I think in our you know as we're going through season one right now in our own analysis literally the only person we're praising is Jared Harris and he's a guest star so everybody else is pretty much on the same page so it's first of all it's weird to me to be ranking the actors at all in season one. Second of all, it is weird to me to dislike Naomi so much that it's not until season five where she's a trapped victim and a lot of Dominique's scenes are about being exhausted, about being mentally exhausted, emotionally exhausted, crying a lot, being very vulnerable. It's kind of weird to me that it takes her to get to this point for somebody to see her as a respectable actress or as a respectable character and that's just how I feel about it. I'm not pointing any fingers, but I just think 
you should think about why you feel that way. Back to you. No, I completely agree. Thank you for saying it because you found a nice way to say it because I I couldn't figure out like a diplomatic way of saying y'all haven't been paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Naomi now. You know, we'll save. We'll, you know. I mean, I have we nothing have, else to say. Like, an additional four seasons to break down. Seriously. Why Naomi's a great character. Seriously, sir. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But I mean, I know what we both want to talk about. <laughs> but do we have absolutely anything to say about Holden no. or the brief no. of Avasara? Anyway? No. Okay, because I, I didn't any take movie. any notes for them. So I specifically did not. No offense to them, but this is Naomi's episode. We knew as soon as the recap started. We oh, knew. okay. So where would you like to start? Um, My notes are chronological. I just wrote them like as the scenes progressed. Mm-hmm. So we can start with Marco and Philip. Okay. I don't really have too much to say. I just thought, and it's something that I felt over the course of the season. I like the way they mix in Marco's more like normal parent moments with his, I'm a supervillain who's manipulating a teenager <laughs> moments. Yeah. So like, when he walks into Philip's room and just kind of watches him for a moment, um, that seemed normal and nice. And then it kept going. Not really sure how to take that scene. It's very manipulative, but it's also him trying to kind of reaffirm his relationship with Philip in that moment. It's hard because you you talked about like all these conversations. And what I noticed is as I was watching the episode progress, I could never sit down and be like, this conversation is talking about this because I would have to think, oh, no, well, actually, it's being said in this way. But you have to think about it in relation to the conversation that just happened between two other characters. And like it's it's like it's like six different things are going on at once. So it's very hard for me to be like this scene between Marco and Philip, like this is what's going on. Because I'm also thinking about, well, uh, Naomi and Philip are about to talk and Marco and Naomi just talked. And so there's like a triangle here of conversations and what everybody is saying and why they're saying it. Right. So like going into each conversation, you're remembering how the previous interaction is influencing people's thoughts or what they're saying here. But then you're also thinking, how is what's happening right now going to influence what happens next? Yeah. Yeah. Since we're going in chronological, uh, I wanted to mention that in the opening of this episode, which is a beautiful opening, by the way, uh, the opening of this episode kind of is bookended. Yeah, I'm over the flashback when I've been waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's on you. The opening of this episode is bookended by the ending of this episode in very cool ways but i think you want to talk about the flashback first i mean if we're gonna go into it we can if you're taught like the way that marco grabs naomi at the end being reflected by the way he's embracing her in the beginning no but that's a fun one too okay never mind then um i just thought it was really pretty Um, I thought it was sweet to see them in their youth, messing around with the baby. Um, I like the way they shot it. You you can't really tell exactly whose memory it is, Mm -hmm. but it's more so they both have their relationship and how it ended in the back of their mind at all times, knowing that the other person is so close. And I think there's also this idea that both Marco and Naomi like the flashback we got was specifically of them with philip as a baby and i think there's an argument to be made that marco and naomi continue to see philip as that baby um and not as his own person so like one of the like i guess subplots of this episode is like philip trying to assert himself outside of both of his parents you know not just naomi trying to influence not just marco trying to influence him but like both of them and who is he without either of them and so i I, I feel like that's kind of what's being get at as well, that the memory she's thinking of um, is not just her being in love with Marco, but it's her and this like perfect image of her family, mm-hmm. um, which as a consequence requires Philip to be a baby and not his own person. 
The other thing about that opening is uh, Clinton Shorter does it again. Uh, the first notes, well, the track that's playing is a rehash of the theme that we have heard since season three, which is titled Philip, which plays pretty much every time Naomi's past is referenced. Um, and I have sort of attributed it to be Naomi's theme. But the interesting thing about this episode is I think there was like a, a handover going on. So like, if it's okay, can I jump around a little bit with the music? Please do. Well, so the, Honestly, the, we're so chaotic every episode, and then the next episode, <laughs> we come back and we're like, let's just switch it up a little bit. <laughs> so the beginning of this episode, right, it's about Philip. This whole episode, I mean, we'll talk about this, but like this whole episode is about Naomi's connection to Philip and how that connection changes. And I think the fact that we have attributed a theme literally titled Philip to be about Naomi, and then by the end of the episode, her you know, most insane character defining self identifying moment is not uh being played with the track called Philip, but with another very, very no uh known track, which is First Steps. First Steps is uh from season four. It plays when wouldn't you know it, Naomi takes her first steps on Illis. And I thought, first of all, when it played, I, like, dropped everything because I knew something was happening here. Um, But I think what's going on is that at, like, we will, I'm, like, trying to not analyze, but I'm going to analyze anyway. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that we were not going to end up doing exactly what we're about to do. Yeah, I just, I, like, my notes are brief for a reason, so I'm really trying to hold myself accountable. So like what okay did we even set a timer no <laughs> we didn't oh my god it's fine it's fine every it's everything's fine okay so what what i'll say and we can go into this immediately is that there's a reason that the track playing when naomi breaks away from marco's navy is first steps and not philip and i also think what we're seeing is that first steps is becoming Naomi's theme. I think we're hitting that point in the show. And I've sort of talked about this in like other episodes, but The Expanse is at a point where, you know, seasons four, seasons five, and and then season six have the opportunity to be old enough to look back at its previous seasons and its previous themes and story arcs and remix them in a way or look at them in a new light. And I think this is one of those situations where now that we're in season five, we can move beyond Naomi being defined by her relationship to her son and we are moving to a point where Naomi is actively choosing to become her own person and that's why First Steps is playing I think back to you (laughs) now I have a question Mm -hmm. what do you think First Steps or do you think that it had any kind of subtext in season four are we fusing two things together when it becomes Naomi's thing I well it's not analysis but analysis one of the biggest things in season four is Naomi specifically takes her first steps on Illis after a lot of mental and emotional pain because of what she puts herself through to be able to walk on a new planet and the like conclusion of that arc when she you know almost dies and then has to get back on the Rossi and admit that her body has its limits. She says, I just wanted to have the choice. And this concept of Naomi's choice is like throughout the entire show. And so in this episode, what we're seeing is a similar situation where Naomi is making the choice. And I think like, let me just, if you just let me take a leap here, if season four was about understanding the limits that her body has, I think this arc could potentially be about the limits that her influence has on philip like i think at this point seven episodes into the season naomi has literally put all of her energy into trying to save philip into trying to take him away from marco into trying to make him be a better person and i think this episode is kind of her realizing like she can't put her all into doing that she can't sacrifice herself to save her son which i think if you <laughs> keep going on this, I think is a really interesting take because when it comes to like motherhood, when it comes mm-hmm. to characters that are mothers or will be mothers, 
there's, you know, certain ways that that's portrayed. And I think it's very brave that what Naomi is essentially doing here is saying, I'm not abandoning my son, but I'm not going to deny myself the choice to walk away. It's like a, it's a, it's a moment of self-preservation. And that's what Mm -hmm. I think this whole episode is about of her moving from, I need to save my son at all costs to I deserve to save myself. Right. So like as Philip tries to gain like more autonomy and be seen as his own person and Naomi has to let go of that image of him as a little baby and treat him like not necessarily a grown person but Mm -hmm. a person who makes choices and is capable of them then she I you know what I lost track of what I was saying (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so giddy this is this is the thing. This is why I like I wrote very few notes because if we sit here, I am about to go through every conversation, every line, and just expand it as much as possible. And I don't want to do that because we have an episode meant to do that. So I'm trying to keep it as brief as possible. Well, in the meantime, <laughs> <laughs> um, as Naomi sees him do that, she realizes. Not like the debt is paid, but I've done all I can do for him. And now I have, he's made his decision. I'm going to have to make mine. Yeah. You, oh my God. I think the, the, the line of the century, I mean, of this episode, uh, walking away is the only choice anyone ever has is a bar. Number one, number two, the delivery is incredible because First of all, that scene, watching it the first time, I was like, oh my goodness. Watching it the second time, I'm like, I think I'm getting emotional and I need to pause. Every conversation has me ready to like weep. That one specifically. I mean, you you zeroed in on this. I zeroed in on this. The little uh, Naomi sits down next to Philip and he just gives he this gasps, like. He jerks back slightly. And then when she grabs him, there's this slight resistance. And then he, uh... just, he stops struggling. But he doesn't give in completely. And then finally, he just reaches for her and just sinks into her hug. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they he both says, so well. He asks, why did you leave me? Like a little boy who just wanted his mom. Oh, man. Um, he, like The way he sits up to look at her when she says that she walked into the airlock. Oh, my God. Like... And I don't whole- think he had really given his his idea of who Naomi was. There wasn't really space for her to experience sadness and depression and anguish, you know? In his mind, she's just been living off carefree while she left this child behind. So there's kind of this mutual, like, both characters are unable to see the other person as someone who had their own reasons for doing whatever it is that they're doing exactly the other thing although about that scene is like that's i think one of my favorite scenes for dom in this episode because when she starts talking about specifically going into the airlock you can kind of see that her face changes and it's almost like she's reliving the memory because she sort of starts like staring off into nothing and and she's not really focused on philip anymore on comforting him she's kind of just like reliving the most you know tra- the most horrific part of her life and when philip uh gets up and they get to the final act of the conversation the whole time she's been like crying her voice has been really high um and she's just been very very like just you know sad and then the last line she tells him walking away is the only choice anyone ever has her voice drops for that actually and she takes him and she like looks him in the eye and i just love that transition of like going through her own worst memories realizing you know who she's with and like making him see the point of all this of like what she has to say it's just it's a fantastic delivery it's so good um actually if if that's all you have to say about the scene actually (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry i really did try to keep my notes i'm like i'm like did anything happen besides just like everybody has a conversation on the ship I don't know. That's know. literally the episode. <laughs> go on. Go it's on. so good. That's why it's one of my favorites. Seriously. Um, Marco, Naomi mentions Marco and Philip immediately says he's a great leader. And then when she starts talking about the Augustine Gamara, he cuts in to say it was a great victory. And he's attributing that to her. 
Mm-hmm. So like his immediate reaction to hearing a parent talk about some kind of action or like mass death that they took part in is to praise them. That's fucked and up. Is that coming from just growing up with Marco and knowing, I mean, I got to gas my dad up. <laughs> or is this just genuinely how he thinks? Like, he likes the idea of both of his parents being some sort of freedom fighter. And he's trying to bond with Naomi in that moment by praising her for something that she did and thinking that it makes them similar when Naomi sees it as a horrible parallel that they share. Where alternatively, that's kind of what played out with Marco. He saw them as alike in some way, and she was horrified by that. Yeah. And I like that at the end of that conversation, she says, I she says, I don't know what you're going through. When a few episodes ago, when she first met him, she hinged her entire uh, point of convincing him on the fact that she should know what he's going through. And I just love like these. It's just like you have to watch closely because you see these little changes in her perspective and how she's seeing others. And this is just part of her realization. She's like, I don't know you as well as I do. And now what do I do with that information? And so I think she says, um, I think she says something like, you know, I was I was trying to get you off this ship, but now all I want you to do is feel some kind of regret for what you've done. So she's like, I can't save you, but maybe you can change. I guess maybe it marks that switch that we talked about where she stops talking to him like a child and starts talking to him just like a person. Yeah. Um, Other... (laughs) Other way... Oh, no, do you still want to talk about this scene? I've got... got like mini points in that scene i also think we should go back to marco and naomi at some point yeah that's what i was <laughs> but um a couple things one philip uh tinkers like his mother that's adorable um two just so happy to see it yeah um two philip has like a certain lightness about him in this scene which i really like and it also just felt like that moment where like your mom wants to hang out with you and you don't want to because you are a young person and you want to go hang out with your friends but just like it's just this the brings back the question does philip have friends no uh i loved just the way that Josiah plays that um and bringing back i think i brought this up in the last episode or some other episode but this episode has multiple mentions of being a fighter of being raised to be a fighter and I just want to bring back some are fighters, some are not. You don't know until you blah, 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 blah. You know, it's it's all there. The language is there and we are paying attention. I mean, it's important that you even point that quote out as the first time we really hear about a who's a fighter and who's a not in this context. Because it gives you another example of how Marco really shapes the world around people. Yeah. Just using his words. Yep. So let's go back to the parents. What did you think? Um, I thought it was played really well by both actors, obviously. Um, I like the moment when Marco first shows up at Naomi's cell and he's kind of trying to play it like their exes who ended badly, but you know, he's still trying to make it clear like, oh, I care about you in some way, or at least trying to call back to the good parts of their relationship and Naomi just refuses to go for it. Even though it probably would have made the conversation easier for her, um, she still chooses to say, no, that's not gonna work with me. But ultimately I feel like that entire scene, yeah, we get both their perspectives, but we see Naomi's all about having a choice where he consistently chooses to make choices for other people. He dragged the entire belt into a more active conflict. He consistently gives people ultimatums that are disguised as choices, but he already knows the decision that they're going to make. Consistently, he just likes to exert his own agenda over people. And the reason why Naomi is his weakness or his kryptonite is not only that she's the one who knows him the best, but she's also the one who's always going to find a way to make a choice that she wants. 
to preserve herself no matter what he set what situation he set up for her yeah she there's a thing she says where she says i felt guilt for abandoning philip but i also felt relief because i had left you and i think this gets at that self-preservation thing and this conflict that she feels of of not wanting to abandon this person she does feel responsibility for but also knowing that she owes herself some sort of of relief um there's an interesting line that i think the writers are walking when it comes to marco where it's like most definitely what he is doing is abusive what he's done to naomi is abusive and i don't like i feel like these conversations we're getting as much as they humanize him i don't think they're like trying to make us understand why he did what he did like i don't think they're Mm -hmm. trying to make us feel for him you know what i mean which is like which is a pretty hard balance to get because like like you said we're also watching the scene knowing that marco is like kind of trying to manipulate her so i am watching it thinking like how much of what he's saying is true and how much isn't but then also there is that idea that like maybe what he's saying is true because he's justified to himself what he's done i like you said that like naomi is his weakness in a way and this conversation could have very much gone in a direction where it's like she causes him to uh you know act the way he does when obviously that's not how this works that's not how abusers function so it's just interesting that like it's it's interesting watching the writers like brush that line but not actually cross over because i think we've seen a lot of marco's more human side in these episodes and i very much like can see you know why he does certain things and and what prompts him to do it but i never am like oh you know like i i get it if i was him i would is with with his personal relationships i'm never like i totally get it with his i mean with his political actions we're kind of like you know well you can only be you can only be under under the boot for so long but exactly but like (laughs) because we've only really seen him in that like political radical context because that's how he wants everyone to see him but as Naomi enters his part of the narrative and gets to exert more of her influence and we turn towards like his personal life then that's when he really becomes to me a villain rather than just an antagonist yeah that's a really good way of summarizing it um also this conversation and i think the episode as a whole i think has just reminded me how smart naomi is like in that conversation with marco she's really like i'm not going to like you can't do what you used to do to me not only that i know that you're scared of me and i love watching her kind of turn the tables on him and he really is feeling threatened by her and it was just nice to see her remember like just how much power she does have even though she's in a terrible situation even though like you know, it feels like there's no way out. It's nice to see Naomi grasp on, like, what makes her such a cool character. Like, girl, remember who the fuck you are. <laughs> he is not the son. You are. Um, <laughs> the last thing about this scene, man, if we, once we do the analysis for this scene, that's going to be 30 minutes alone. But the last thing about the scene is, uh, just bringing it back to my agenda from last episode with Drummer and Marco, I believe we mentioned that at the end of Marco and Drummer's conversation, Marco leans in a little bit and then walks away. I what I noticed <laughs> what I noticed about this scene, Marco leans in again in the same way. And I'm like, look, if 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 there was an active fandom on Tumblr, those parallels would be up. They'd have 10,000 notes by now, but whatever. Marco leans in in the same way. You're present in my mind. (laughs) He leans in in the same way, but the way he leaves is different. So like with Drummer, it's like he's leaning in because he's like feeding into that tension, but he's, you know, he's still being kind of playful about it. And then he walks away. With Naomi, he leans in and then he moves and then he's kind of like pulled back. Like he, he really can't, like pull himself away from her and so i think that there's just like a slight difference in who he's talking to and who he's trying to intimidate how and again, that dynamic changes exactly and it really does show the the power that naomi has over him i do think naomi made one mistake during that scene mm-hmm. 
Um, we know that Marco kind of fishes for information in his conversations with people, and that's what he's doing here. He's trying to figure out, okay, I'm not going to get this from Philip, but she'll tell me just how close they've gotten. Because in that scene, both of them kind not brag, but they flaunt their relationship with Philip towards each other. And Naomi, by feeding into that, she messes up when she says, He's already listening to me mm. because that one line is how we get to the final scene between the three of them. Yeah. Which is, of course, not to make Naomi responsible for it, but I do think Marco makes a very dramatic attempt to sever that connection between them. And that's part of the reason why. Yeah. Yeah. It's God. This, this family fucked up. Um, I guess we can go to Naomi and Sin now, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. how do you feel? Um, I understand who Sin is. There is always someone in your life who's outside of a conflict and they want to say, I'm not part of this. But they're still intervening in a way and trying to stay out of it. So I can imagine that 20 years ago, Marco brought Philip to sin and said, me and Naomi are having relationship problems. Um, he most likely said, okay, yeah, Naomi's crazy. And did all that, and he thought he was doing the best thing by keeping Philip outside of all of that. Alternatively, I would be absolutely furious if I was Naomi. I would have been angry with him in the first place, but... To tell her, I knew everything that was going on, and I not only did I not just not stay out of it, I chose to help. And I think it's worse when he tells her that he saw her in that airlock 20 years ago, because that means you saw what that whole situation, what it led up to for her. You saw, like, the depth of the pain that she was in and what she was driven to. And it still wasn't enough for you to make a different decision back then. And they also, you know, they kind of show their cards because when you hear both Marco and Sin talk about their decisions for doing this, they both say the same thing. They say, I kept Philip from you because I thought it would make you stay, which is not a sympathetic reason to me at all. It's saying I forced you to make a decision that you didn't want to make and i i i, I gaslit you basically mm -hmm. i pur i purposely you know fucked with your mental state with your emotional state with your psychological well-being so that you would stay with me which is literally you know the textbook definition of abuse and so when i hear them say that i don't think oh you know i i get why i'm like how 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 does it make me like how would if i was naomi i would be even more furious because somebody's telling me that they intended to harm me basically and they fully believed that, that that was the right thing to do and now you're coming 20 years after the fact being like yeah i recognize now that what i did was fucked up seriously like it can't really do anything for her now yeah but so I do think Naomi snatching that brandy for him before they've officially made up, um, it was sweet and probably gave us a look into what their relationship was like prior to. But now he's dead. So Rest sad. That sucks. Well, him dying is like his, the final image of him being him reaching out for Naomi in space. That yeah. was a great shot. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that whole, that whole sequence, man. I don't even know where to start. Um... This whole episode, I think I've been saying this, but season, every time I say something, I'm like, you know what, I think I already said this before. And so I'm just like expounding on my really great analysis. But this episode really reminds me what I said at the beginning of the season, which is that this season five feels a lot like season one, where mm -hmm. it's like not much is happening from episode to episode. The most intense thing that just happened was in an early episode. And everything since then has been characters slowly getting to the end game, basically. This episode really reminded me of that. 
um, I, it, you know, part of it was just everybody sitting around and having conversations. Part of it was that this is episode seven, so there's a big character revelation. And then when I think back to season one, episode seven, I think somewhere in there is where Miller makes the decision to go to Eros. So this is sort of a similar timeline for Naomi. She's making like a really, really big decision that will then take us to the final episodes of the season. And then also with this stuff with the Martians, because man, this Martian stuff, they're really keeping in the background and I'm starting to get annoyed. But, you know, they gave us like a little recap. I think I forgot who was talking about it. I think it was um, um, Alex sent a message to Holden and then. You might think, have, like, briefly seen him and Bobby talking, maybe? I think, uh, I was going to say Monica and Holden, I think we're talking about, like, the gunships. Mm-hmm. And Monica was saying, like, okay, well, what is actually happening here? Why does Marco have Martian gunships? What is he trading? Then she comes to the conclusion that he's probably trading the protomolecule and Cortazar. And so it feels like, I remember there's, like, a scene, I think in seven or eight of season one, where Alex does something similar, where he kind of just, like, summarizes the events of the season um so that we kind of have all the information we need going forward i feel like that's what was happening here in this episode as well where it's like okay now eight nine and ten everything's going to come together we gave you the full recap um so now let's like put the pieces together keep up and we're hitting the gas (laughs) yeah um see we said we didn't have anything to say about them and we still fit them in yeah that's professionalism and you know what? I don't even have much left to say. So I think we're pretty good on time. We are. Um, oh. Okay. Briefly, I want to say about Sin and Marco. Um, Marco is essentially sowing the same seeds against Sin that he did on Naomi, mm-hmm. which is essentially, you were with me up until a certain point. And suddenly, after everything we've done, you don't have the stomach for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think Sin recognizes that's what's happening, but I'm not positive. Um, moving on. <laughs> Unless you had something to say. About I mean, it. all I was going to say about Sin is that I can't believe he turned his chair away from Naomi. Oh my God. And remembering that, I'm like, you know what? I'm happy that you died. I, I can't say that I, I shed a tear. Because, and I, I mean, I guess when he w- went to her, I guess he felt like I can make up for what I did those 20 years ago and stop her from killing herself now. But I, I mean, it's too little too late, man. You know what I mean? I mean, because it's, it's this whole episode or not the whole episode, but the scenario that they're in is replicating the situation they were in 20 years ago. There's a ship that's going to be destroyed, but this time, and everyone has the opportunity to do something different than what they did. But this time, Naomi's able to stop that her code from destroying the ship. She's still not able to stop Marco from separating her from her child. Instead, he's able to get the power to make her child even make that decision, allegedly, for himself. Yeah. That was really interesting because I totally agree. When I was rewatching this episode and I was like, watching everybody sort of retell the events of 20 years ago and knowing what would happen at the end of the episode it was like they were telling us what was going to happen so that when it did happen like you're saying we can match up the events Naomi is leaving Philip behind again because she needs to leave Marco behind and her friends her supposed friends are participating in this and finally she has to make the decision to walk away Exactly. Marco tells her, you'll go out in airlock and Philip will know you for who you really are. Yeah. Um, I also, I don't know if we did say this, but it should be pretty obvious. I think with that line, you know, always being able to walk away, I think it just recontextualizes so much of her actions in previous seasons. Oh, yeah. You know, not because, like, we're not the kind of people, okay, so... <laughs> I'm going to be nice. There, you know, there are, are definitely people who don't understand why Naomi makes certain decisions in the earlier seasons. Um, number one, giving the protomolecule to Fred Johnson, or number two. They made sense to me at the time. The uh, show didn't have to explain it to some, me. But I some, others, some people don't feel that way. And, you know, you feel how you feel. Uh, others don't, maybe don't understand why she left Holden and them for the Belters, things like that. Uh, why she was so determined to go to Illis. 
these kinds of things. We have been really interested in her reasons for that. And I think this episode, this sort of, it wasn't really a reveal, but it was sort of a reframing of like what she's been through. I think really helps me understand more why she makes those decisions where she's like, well, fine. At the end of the day, if nobody's looking out for me, I'm going to look out for myself. And that involves leaving. And I just, so those moments that happened in the earlier seasons, I just think about slightly differently and perhaps with more care because you can understand mentally why she feels like that's her only choice. Mm-hmm. And she's going to make that choice. So I, yeah, I mean, I, I, we've talked about this line like six times in this little recap, but I just, I just, it's my favorite line of the entire episode. Walking away is the only choice anyone ever has. I think just the idea of Naomi being, being the person who will leave, the person who does leave is a really compelling lens to look at the entire show through. Yeah. And we will. (laughs) (laughs) We will. I also, I mean, now I'm just like thing, other things that I'm thinking about Naomi. So we should stop ourselves at some point, but I did. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no, I just wanted to say somebody said somebody summed up Naomi's story really well where they said this is really one of the few times where the person in a domestic abuse situation who's being abused gets to have like their survivor gets to tell not only tell their side of the story, but have their side of the story prioritized and in a really, really interesting way. Like it's and in a way that's not just images of someone standing over them. Yeah, it's not like this happened and now she, you know, feels trauma and, you know, scared to form relationships and things like it's like this happened and to this day it will affect how she makes her decisions and the events are literally coming back to haunt her. You know, it's just I'm I'm not surprised, but I am like pleasantly interested in how well this has been handled. Because there are shows where this would actually be handled much more poorly, but they're the kinds of shows where relationships take precedent. So it's interesting to me that a show like The Expanse, like, gets it, in my opinion, gets it right. No, I I agree. And I think Dom kind of touched on that during the after show when she said that the director, whose name I did know, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's... Ooh, I'm not gonna listen, ma'am. I'm not gonna lie in your name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but Dom said that she felt like the director approached both her as an actress and the story that was being told with a lot of care. Yeah. And so I think like that's what we're seeing come out on screen. Yeah. Man, you all did so well. This is I'm such a great I don't know what to say. I, just, I feel very vindicated, you know? Yeah. I told so many people how good this show was, and now look. Yeah, it's ex- it's exciting that, like, the things we care about get the attention they deserve. You know what I mean? I think we've been through enough shows in this genre that, like, certain things we care about kind of get tossed to the side after a while. Yeah. But The Expanse, like, really cares about its characters. It just takes a really long time to get... <laughs> the validation that you want oh they really do make you wait but it's worth it uh all right um let's break down those last few scenes i don't have many notes left um Um, when she leaves um a little bit backwards okay talking to marco Mm -hmm. um when he comes into the room and marco's like you can always do more be specific Philip only has like part of his attention in that moment so it's once again one of those times where Marco's acting like a normal dad and then it gives way to something else entirely different super unhinged (laughs) okay like wow um I mean on the one hand Marco's right Philip is not ready to leave especially not in Marco's style Mm. But it's also for the reasons that he mentions, which is essentially Philip does not yet have that capacity for ruthlessness, which to us is a good thing. But for Marco, we're going right back to that moment of my son has a kind heart. 
So. Yeah, I officially, I'm, well, I was on Philip's side in this episode, and then he smacked his mom, so I'm back to, he's on thin ice again. Even that scene, that scene was so intense, but there was a camera trick that I really liked Mm -hmm. where Marco stands in front of Philip talking to Naomi most of the time. And then when Naomi says, you don't speak for him, um, Marco kind of swivels out of frame. Mm. And we are fully focused on Philip and Naomi, but it's Marco's rage really coming out of Philip, which is why that when he smacks her, it resonates so hard because yes, it's Philip doing it, but we also know that this is Marco's motivation jumping out of him right now. Right, because she said, uh, you know, 20 minutes before that, she was like, I don't want you. He says, I'm nothing like you. And she says, I, that doesn't matter. I don't want you to be like him. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's happening. Right. So, and I don't think she fully realizes what saying you're not like him is triggering in that moment. Mm-hmm. Abusing women, classic for leaders of the revolution. And with that, let's... Wait, wait. I do have a question. Yeah. Do you want to choose, like, a favorite acting moment from, I mean, anyone or multiple people this episode? Uh, ooh. Because for me, it's definitely Josai when Naomi hugs him. When Naomi sits down and then hugs him. That whole sequence was beautiful. Yeah. Um, for Naomi, the range of facial expressions that she goes through in that first conversation with Marco, mm-hmm. she's hard in moments, she's disappointed or questioning in other moments, and then she gets a little cocky when she's able to say that she's establishing a relationship with Philip. So that was my favorite for her. Um, for Keon, it's probably when Marco tells... <laughs> Wait, there was no Not need even- to do all that. <laughs> Not even character. It's the man himself. Government name. <laughs> well, hold on. I also said Josai. Please. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. You know, it's really hard to have a project with someone who just consistently undermines uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways, for Marco, the sheer, like, malice in his face when he tells Naomi that he's going to destroy the Rossi. Oof, that was a lot. Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with you. The whole, for uh, Josai, that whole sequence is just, like, it. I, it's like I want more. I want to see more of of him doing those kinds of things because it, like, really, like, shook me for a second. I think, I mean, I talked about- Josai, we're going to start your fan account. <laughs> I really liked, uh, I talked about this, but I really liked Naomi, like, when she's telling the story and she goes from- talking about the airlock to shifting her attention back to Philip. Um, I liked that, but I think because I already talked about it, the other thing I like is I was watching closely the airlock scene this time where she's, you know, she says you shouldn't have come. And I think that whole sequence up to and including getting out and getting into the chats is a really interesting scene because, you know, most of it, she's just like being in CGI, but there's just like little things that she does that contribute to it and so like what i really liked was how while she's sort of confronting sin she's also like realizing like what what's going to happen to him because of what she's about to do but she's also like preparing herself to jump so she does she's like breathing in a certain way at the same time it's just it's like a really interesting she's like doing a lot of things at once and like still resolute to get out of there so i i really liked that i think uh with marco I just realized I went Josai, Naomi, and Marco. Um, oh, but uh, when I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think with Marco, I really liked his confrontation with Naomi in the beginning because there is a moment where I feel like I believe what he's saying. Like, I believe how hurt he is. Oh, yeah. Is it the moment where the camera kind of, like, focuses on him and he looks... 
he's like shaking. Genuinely devastated. Yeah, his face is like shaking. And he, I mean, first of all, Keon always looks like he's about to start crying for some reason. I think it's because like the camera like is literally like shining on his eyeballs and I feel like I'm seeing tears, but they're not. So then you pair that- But it also gives this effect of him being like different. I don't know. It gives this expression of like intensity. I don't know. Yeah, like he's always on the verge of exploding, but you rarely see him actually explode unless when it happens so i liked that one because i really felt how hurt he was but in a twisted way because obviously what he did was like horrible so i think those are my favorite acting moments from each of them i think we made good choices yeah all right do we have anything to say before we not move on we have to cut i know (laughs) i just want to say if anybody officially part of the cast or crew is listening to this i do need verifiable proof that we are moving from the theme of philip to the theme of first steps to be naomi's character theme and if i am right about that then that's all i need to sustain me for the next week okay well um I just want Dom and Keon and Josai to know that I'm going to send the Google Meet link for their <laughs> Emmy planning meeting any day now, so keep an eye out. All right, and then thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to check out our full-length episode where we analyze Season 1, Episode 8, which will drop at the same time as this episode. And, I mean, you already listened to this one, so you've done half the job. Um, see you next week. Uh, you can also talk to us. <laughs> you know what? I'm not in the mood to talk to anyone, so that's why I didn't say anything. You can also chat with us at who owns the stars on Twitter or email us at who owns the stars pod at gmail.com. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, either reacting to season five or covering and analyzing season one, make sure to go do that. And with that, We will see you in the next one. Alright, bye for real estate.